All right, well, hello and welcome back to the Midweek Workshop Show. My name is James. I appreciate you tuning in. Once again, this will be the last episode before the new year turns. Uh, I have several guests with me tonight. So we'll start off with Tommy G. Go ahead and introduce yourself and let us know where we can find you. Yeah, my name is Tommy Gonzalez, and you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and, of course, YouTube, all under Tommy G. Workshop. All right, thank you, Tommy. Next, we have Moy. Moy, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us where we can find you. Hi, my name is Moy Perez, M-O-Y, uh, Perez, P-R-E-Z. You can find me on Facebook, uh, YouTube, and Google+. Plus. All right, thank you for that. Next, we have Donald. Donald, go ahead and tell us where we can find you at. Okay, I'm on YouTube under Donald Logifies Woodshop. Uh, I've got a website, rednecknowhow.com. I'm on Twitter under at rednecknowhow. And all the rest of my stuff you can find on my YouTube channel. All right, thank you, Donald. Next, we have Dave CNC Gatton. Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you, James. Uh, you can find me on YouTube under Dave Gatton, and you can also find me on Facebook and Twitter. All right. Thank you, Dave. Next, we have Chris. Chris, go ahead and tell us where we can find you at. As soon as I can unmute my mic, I will. Hi. Thank you, James. Appreciate that. Uh, I'd really rather not promote myself. If I could promote somebody else, I'd like to do it, so I want to promote Moy Perez. You can find Moy Perez on YouTube, Facebook, and everything under Moy Perez. And he is the man. So check Moy out because he's a great guy. There you go. <laughs> All right, Chris. Since you want to say it, I'll tell, you, I'll tell everybody. You can find Chris under Chris Cute, uh, YouTube, and I'll also search him making Make the First Cut. Uh, thank you, Chris. All right, Charles, go ahead and wrap up the introductions and tell us where we can find you at. Alrighty then, I have woodenvisions.com and that's where 99% if not all of my social media links are, but just in case I didn't add YouTube, I go by Charles Daring scroll on there. Alright, well thank you sir. Uh, we got a couple of topics we're going to speak about tonight. The first one is sharing is caring. And what do I mean by sharing is caring? In the video woodworking community, <coughs> excuse me, Sometimes it's difficult to get started, and that might be a point to kind of discourage new YouTubers. Um, so the discussion tonight is sharing is caring as far as sharing other channels, and Chris has done a great job with that, with the, the channel pass. Um, but uh, just take a moment, and we'll start off with, uh, I'll give you a minute to think about it, but I'll give one too. Uh, and then we'll go into Tommy. Um, if you have any channels or anybody in particular that you would, wouldn't mind sharing, uh, we'll start the show off that way. Uh, the, the person I'm going to share tonight is Orly, and he watches the shows. And you can find him at OG Tempercraft on YouTube. He uh, has recently made a really nice wood bench, workbench, and he used mortise and tenon joinery there, and it turned out great. So if you're watching the show and you haven't subscribed to him, he has told me that he will be having more time to produce videos. So go check him out. All right, Tommy, you have anybody you want to uh, spotlight tonight? Um, yeah, the new one I've been watching lately that's 
can make some pretty pretty interesting stuff is make it extreme. Um, I don't remember what his name is. I did at one point, but you can find him on YouTube at Make It Extreme, and he makes some awesome, awesome projects. He does welding and woodworking, so he has some awesome stuff on his channel. Yeah, that is a really good channel. If you're not subscribed, go ahead and do the Google machine and search for him, and uh, I promise you, you won't be disappointed. All right, Moy, do you have anybody? Yeah, I do. Uh, Woodworker six three one. If you guys aren't subscribed to them, it's uh, Mark and Brian. Awesome, awesome furniture they make. Uh, even their shop furniture is friggin' nice. It's really high quality stuff that they make. They really put a lot into their builds, and they have a great channel. So check them out. All right. Well, thank you for that. Again, use that Google machine and search for them. Donald, do you have anybody you've been watching that uh, you, you might want to promote? Yeah, um, there's a young man in Australia. His name's Regan. He, his YouTube channel is Regan's Woodworking and Wood Turning. He's, uh, he's about the same age as my son, about six, 15, 16. He does some amazing things. I'm looking forward to see what he does as he progresses, not only in wood turning but in life and stuff. Very uh, mature young man and... Yeah, he just does some great work. I agree with you, and um, I was speaking with somebody the other night about him, actually, and that's about the age that you find everybody getting into trades and crafts, maybe a little younger, maybe a little bit older, but that's the foundation. I think he's building a great foundation mm -hmm. to become a great woodworker, woodturner, and he has his whole life ahead of him. So uh, thank you, Donald. All right, uh, Dave, do you have anybody? Well, I'm going to make a confession here. I'm really behind on watching the people that I typically subscribe to. Uh, but I was going to talk about Regan, but Donald beat me to it because uh, he, I saw him on uh, one of the shows. I think he was on Russ's show uh, the other week, and uh, he's a great kid, does some good work. Uh, but, yeah, I, I've just found that there's so much good stuff to watch that it's hard, hard to find time to watch it all. I like watching the uh, the channel pass things because I always check out uh, you know whoever's doing the channel pass. I, that gives me at least three three new ones to check out. I agree with you there. And um, there was a time here about a week and a half ago where I went hunting and I came back and had all these videos to watch and it seemed like I was so behind on it and it took me forever to catch up to it. There's so much great content out there now, and uh, that's something I really enjoy is watching those. And uh, Dave, you brought up a good point. I have the channel pass this week, so uh, make sure that y'all check in on Chris's playlist for my channel. And uh, I got some great woodworkers in my mind to share with y'all. So, all right, Chris, do you have anybody that uh, you would like to spotlight? Uh, yeah, sure, I would. And you know what, James? Uh, on, on top of that, I'd like to, I'd like to say I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, who you have to feature this uh, coming week. I did. I'm, I really am. I mean, because I, I love. Um, the whole idea, um, and I didn't know it was going to do as well as it has, and I just think it's great that this community has gotten together and is willing to share other people's work and turn other people on to what they do. I just, I, I you know, I, I, that was my initial uh, idea when I came up with it, and to see that everybody else has grabbed onto it and is, is going to continue it is, is just fantastic. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what you do. Um, but, yes, if you want a channel that I could recommend to you, um, and it's a very young channel, uh, but the gentleman that is running this channel 
Um, guys, I can tell you he is a notch above. Um, and I say that as an average guy that does stuff in his shop that, you know, I can do some nice stuff. This guy is a notch above. And uh, I want you to blame him for me. His name is Andy Berkey. If, you ha if you're not familiar with An Andy Berkey, uh, go ahead and hit hashtag Andy Berkey on Google. You'll find him. Um, but Andy is a very talented artist. And I, when I say artist, I mean artist. He's not a woodworker. The man is an artist. If you have an opportunity, Andy, B-I-R-K-E-Y. Check him out. Hashtag blame Berkey. Yeah, do it. Blame Berkey. And he's a great guy. And you blame the sunset on Andy. You blame the beautiful things you see in life in Andy. And you can blame uh, the screw-up you just had on Andy. And he loves it, and he, he thinks it's great. Because he, he's a visual guy, and he believes that we, everything that you, uh, as a maker, the more you are able to see, the more you are able to build. And he, it's a great freaking concept. So if you have the opportunity, check out Andy. He's an interesting dude. Definitely, and I... Uh... I saw Andy on the Maritime Woodworkers show and uh, went over to his channel and was not disappointed at all. No, Andy's a good guy. So, well, well thank you, Chris. And um, definitely one of the hardest part about the channel pass is deciding who exactly you're going to share. I'll tell you that right now. But thank you for developing that and putting that in motion. All right, Charles, do you have anybody you want to spotlight this week? Uh, yes, sir. Actually, I'm going to pick two if that's okay. <laughs> that is fine. Uh, there's one called Size Corner, uh, spelled C-Y, uh, apostrophe S, <laughs> and uh, then Braxton Wirtlin, W-I-R-T-H-L-I-N. And uh, Size got a lot of energy, uh, doesn't stick to just one style, Braxton Wirtlin. And there again, just like Dave, I got a lot of friends and people I subscribe to, but I suck at keeping up with it, so I, I can't tell you what they're working on lately, but... Uh, I enjoy both of them. Definitely, definitely. I agree with both of those. And uh, Braxton said he, he is sorry about missing the show tonight, but he is at a turning class. He is fine-tuning his pin-turning skills is what he's telling me. He wants to really get those tuned in for the challenge in January. So, all right, well, we have a couple more that popped in. We'll start with Russ. Russ, go ahead and tell us where we can find you at. And if you have anybody that you would like, to uh, put out there as far as woodworking videos or creators, let's go ahead and do that. First off, can you hear me? I can hear you. I got a new webcam and everything set up, so I was just, but I'm using my Yeti mic, but I wasn't sure that I had it all set up right. But oh, you can find me simplywoodencreations.com, uh, Simply Wooden Creations on YouTube and also on Facebook. All underneath the same. But my name is Russ, so. All right. And uh, do you have anybody you want to spotlight as far as channels or anything? Or uh, yeah, I've spotlighted her on my show, but I, uh, I've watched a, quite a few of her videos, and she's come along really good. And her name is—it's uh, kind of a weird name to say. It's Houchi Boom. Almost sounds like you're sneezing, Houchi. All right. Uh, uh, if, there, if there's any way that you could type that in the chat section uh, on the YouTube. And uh, I'll copy that and make sure I put that in the description. I think Charles has already uh, done it. I believe, yeah, it's H-O-U-T-G-E-B-O-O-M. And she's on face, um, Facebook. She's on, yeah, she's on Facebook also, but she's on YouTube. And you guys are on channel. Um, she's from the Netherlands, and she's also a teacher. Now, I 
I don't remember what she teaches. I don't think she teaches woodworking in school, but I know that she's a teacher in school in a school system over there in the Netherlands, and uh, she's done some real uh, pretty cool projects. Uh, so if you get a chance, check her out. Yeah, I, I, I don't mean to interrupt, but I, I think you might have misspelled that, Russ. It was H-O-U-T-J-E. Did I say G? Yeah. Yeah, H-O-U-T-J-E-B-O-O-M. All right, we'll definitely have that in the description of the video, too. That way um, I'll find her channel and just put a link there. That way it's a little bit easier since it's a little bit tough on the spelling. So. Yeah, it's it's an unusual name in spelling and an unusual name to say, but uh, she has some really nice videos. Like I said, check her out. All right, well, uh, I saw where Matt and I believe Jason popped in, but I think they popped back out. I was getting ready to introduce them. If they come back in, we'll jump into that. But um, our second topic for the night, first off, let me go ahead and thank all of you for sharing those channels. Um, I think that's a great thing to do is, is get out here and share other people. That way we can see what's going on in the community, see what everybody's up to, get some inspiration for videos, and motivation to get back out in the shop. So thank you for that. Um, the second topic I have is staying warm. It is getting colder outside in most parts of the, the United States. Some parts not so much, but uh, I know that I have been cold and I like to stay warm. So if you want to, guys, you can go ahead and, and talk about the ways that you stay warm in your shop and uh, I'll start it off. I use a little small propane heater, one of those cheap ones you get from Harbor Freight that just mounts to the top of my propane tank. And as small as the shop as it is, that thing will run me out, and that's perfect. And uh, I was telling Charles earlier that um, I'll go through a tank maybe a week and a half, maybe two weeks, so it lasts a pretty good, decent uh, bit. But also, the, the propane here is kind of cheap. I can get a, a tank filled for eight or nine bucks, so... Anybody else having any kind of uh, discussion points on staying warm in the shop? Anything neat? Anything open the door? Yeah, I mean, and James, I, I'm envious. You, you can get a propane tank filled for eight bucks. Yeah, and and I'm serious about that. You know, next time I go up there, I'll get a receipt. I was surprised the first time I went there. You know, I was expecting twelve, fourteen, maybe even sixteen dollars, and you know, he wrote the little amount on there. I went in there to pay, and she's like, "Oh yeah, that'd be eight seventy-five." I was like, what? And wow. Yeah, so it was dead empty, too. I ran that thing until there was nothing left. Uh, it, it cost me like $25 to get a propane tank refilled up here. Well, if I could ship it to you cheaper, I would, but I think we're out of gas. <laughs> you got to ship me some gas? <laughs> no, I use, a, I use a kerosene heater. I have a kerosene heater that I bought. Um, off of the advice of Miter Mike, who lives just south of me in New Jersey. Um, and he said, Chris, you need to go out and buy one of these. And I went out and bought it, and you know what? The darn thing heats my shop up pretty nice. Um, I've got a, like a 23 by 22 shop, um, and if I turn this thing on you know, and wait about 15, 20 minutes and then come back out of the shop, it's a lot more tolerable. It's, it's not balmy. I'm not sitting in short sleeves, but you know what? It's a lot more livable. Definitely. Um, my grandfather was in construction his whole life, and he, when he passed, he left my, my dad a, a good majority of his tools and stuff, and he has one of those salamander kerosene heaters, and that thing will run you out of a space quick if you have it up all the way. 
Oh yeah, this thing. Yeah, this thing looks like a little R two D two. And I don't know if I can. Uh, I, I can try to show it to you. Hold on a second. Let me see if I can uh, put it on myself so I know where the camera's going. It's right there. Oh yeah, those are real nice. Yeah. Yeah, I've got one of those, but if I put them in my put it in my shop because my shop's such a small space and it is insulated, it'll run me up out of there. So I just kind of keep a couple of little space eaters in there. Uh, Russ was teasing everybody when he said, "I just opened the door." He lives in Florida, so me and him, I'm in basically Central Texas, so me and him really ain't. early mornings. It's a little nippy here in Texas, but uh, 60s and 70s. So I just open the windows. I don't. I do have a little heater for when it gets nippy. It's just a plug-in normal thingy. We have not had but one cold snap this season, and one day it got down to 47 that morning. The rest, we've been, it's like almost like summer here. I'm running, we've been running in the 80s, 85, 86 degrees every day. We Here in North Carolina, we've been running in the 60s, uh, high 60s, lower 70s, so... It ain't. I saw it's middle of December, and I saw ice cream truck the other day. I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> but when it does get a little, uh, I prefer, we can't hardly find kerosene down here. Uh, it's like, wow. I'm, I mean, I used to have a kerosene heater, like Chris was describing, but uh, it's hard to come by down here. I use propane, but I've got a, probably a uh, eighty-five thousand BTU uh, propane heater that sits here in the shop. Uh, I took it out of a house that I was remodeling, and she was putting in central heat and air, and um, I asked her what she wanted. It. I mean, it's a really nice, it's like a propane space heater, and uh, she, I asked her what she wanted me to do with it, and she said, throw it all away. I took the tanks, the regulators, the uh, everything, and brought it here and installed it in my shop. But a 20-pound cylinder of propane for me costs about eight, uh, $18, and a 20-pound cylinder will will last me as a norm all winter. Very nice. And with the, the kerosene heaters too, have y'all ever tried running diesel fuel in there? I, ha I haven't, uh, James, only because this is brand new to me and the instructions implicitly say do not run uh, uh, <laughs> not in here. So uh, for the first year or so, I'm going to uh, abide by the instructions. And believe it or not, I actually read them, which is probably actually kind of a marvel. Uh, but <laughs> I read the I read the instructions. So I'm going to do what the instructions say for the first year, and then I maybe get crazy next next winter. But no, I haven't. I mean, did, uh, uh, tell me about it. Does it work? Yeah, uh, my, I asked my father about it. You know, he it's getting colder down there with him too, and he's working on his cars in the shop. I said, are you having any trouble finding kerosene? He said, I don't even look for it anymore. I just run diesel fuel in there. I said, well, does it smell? He said, no. I said, well, does it do anything differently? He said, no. It just kind of sputters at the end. might stink a little bit after you shut it off, he said, but it runs just like the kerosene did. So I don't know if it's any more dangerous. I'm not a professional into the combustible fuels and heaters, so don't take my word for anything. I know my sister-in-law tried gasoline in one once, but that was just because she read the cans wrong. <laughs> it didn't work out as so great. <laughs> I bet that was a pretty interesting experience, to be honest with you. You can run diesel fuel in them. Uh, I know it, the difference between it is is diesel fuel is more oily, so to speak, because it, lubricate, it needs the diesel fuel to help lubricate the engine and the diesel. 
Uh, but all it will do is make produce more smut, more uh, on the unit, or maybe a smell or something like that. But diesel fuel will work in them. I think the diesel would probably burn up that wick a little bit quicker, though. Yeah, it will. Uh, I think it probably, well, it's it's oilier. Yeah, so you just you, but Russ, you're saying it will work. It's just kind of a dirtier alternative. Exactly, yeah, okay. it's more dirty. Yeah, okay. Kerosene is cleaner, burning, and has less smell. Uh, you know, that's the reason they use kerosene in heaters and not diesel fuel. It's just refined a little bit more. It's like the difference between think about it as premium gasoline, 99 octane or whatever, and cheapo gasoline down there at 80 or 70 octane. So that's that's kind of like the difference in them. It'll work, but it just is more smuttier and dirtier. Yeah, I've heard of. Uh Guys who run diesel engines, you know, trucks and whatnot, they'll run a little bit of kerosene every now and then to help clean it up a little bit because it's a little bit nicer. But yeah, it just oh. had. But when you're running, I think you said your father-in-law or father was running a salamander. Is that what you said? Yeah, my father. Yeah, see, now that's a little bit different from what Chris is burning. That um, salamander is fan forced, so therefore you're not going to notice the smell or the smut being fan forced. As you would in what Chris is, his has just got a wick and it's just like free burning inside there. So yeah, that makes complete sense. You know, you know that little salamander though. If you get it going good, that thing will run you out. I'll tell you right now, don't get one of those if you plan on using it and making videos because they are loud. I've got a bigger version that I use on my front porch when the winter time comes and the kids want to sit out. Some of my family member, young members, smoke and uh. It's a little cool out there, and I said, but but it's like the one you got. Hang on a second. It's a bigger version of what you got. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably about 16 inches across and by 12 inches high. Now that thing, that one's rated at uh, 85,000 BTU. Very nice. Well, besides propane, kerosene, does anybody in the group use a wood-burning stove? Have they ever used a wood-burning furnace or anything? Or Well, I haven't used a wood-burning stove in my shop. Um, only because I don't have the vent, and I haven't decided to drill a hole in the side of my house and put one in. But I had a wood-burning stove in my house that, that actually would, worked really well. And I would assume it would work really well in the shop, too. I mean, I think uh, some of the folks up in the Canadio way, uh, I know that there's a couple guys up there that have uh, wood-burning stoves in their shop, and it, it, does a, it does a fine job. But um, once again, it's, it, it's, it's, a, it, it's, it's a dirtier alternative and plus, you're burning wood that you'd rather, really rather be making stuff out of as opposed to burning it. So <laughs> it's like, um, yeah, I don't know. I, it would work. I'm sure it would work. Definitely. You know, I, I thought about one for a while with the, the ugly scraps, the nasties, as I call them, burning a lot of that stuff up, too, and helping out. Uh, another uh, myth among some people is that so the sawdust in the air will, you know, ignite. But uh, Russ was telling people a long time ago, uh, he used to be a fireman, and unless it's really thick like in a grain silo, it, it won't ignite. So unless you're throwing sawdust into the thing, you should be good. <laughs> yeah. 
I've had a lot of discussions, and Tommy knows this too, but uh, on uh, Facebook, I see them. As soon as you say open flame in a workshop, they go stupid with about the sawdust. And it's that's not true. I mean, the sawdust in the atmosphere in order to cause a sawdust explosion or dust explosion would have to be so thick you wouldn't be able to breathe in there. I mean, it's, it doesn't take a small amount. I'd be more worried about the paint fumes if you're spraying inside of a... Uh, in your shop or something like that. It's like spraying polyurethane or something like that. I'd be more a lot more worried about the paint fumes than I would be the sawdust. Definitely. And, you know, you know smoking too, smoking in a shop with gas and stuff running around, and an open flame is different than a, a coal flame, you know, like a, a cherry. So it's... There's also the heat point to start the fire, too, if I'm not mistaken, Russ, the, the amount of heat needed to actually ignite the consumable that you, you know, you're worried about being igniting. The majority of the stuff we use doesn't produce that much heat, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it, it, has, it has to do with that. But, uh, but, I mean, one spark, just one spark will ignite a dust explosion. But, like I said, it only time I've ever heard it of occurring is these uh, grain silos where they're doing grain and you have I mean massive amounts of grain and massive amounts of dust floating around in the air and uh, but one spark will set it off and they will burn when you get that that ratio of dust and oxygen and then once it ignites (laughs) it it go boom but the chances are um, in order to get into the kind of situation like that Russ I mean you and I or anybody else here or anybody listening or watching this is we're never going to be in those conditions and actually working. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, in, our, in, in a shop, I mean, you would have to have some serious dust flying in the air in order for that to ever freaking happen. So I, I, I don't know that it would be concerned for you or I or anybody else here. It'd be, you couldn't breathe. You couldn't breathe. I mean, that's how no, bad. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It would be just so... The dust would be so uh, accumulated that it, w- it w- you couldn't even bear it. You'd walk out of the shop and say, "I'll do it tomorrow." Yeah. <laughs> you get a dust enough in your shop to to ignite anything. It's probably time for dust collection. So. Yeah. <laughs> there was a uh, sugar manufacturing plant here a while back that that caught fire, or there was an explosion or something, and it, they made powdered sugar, and there was so much powdered sugar in there it ignited. But you're talking about a factory, didn't they? <laughs> Yeah, you're talking about tons of stuff. Hey, um, real quickly, Charles, you had a question, didn't you? Yeah, it it's not so much heat based, but we've been talking about combustibility. But uh, not everybody knows this, and I'm not even sure why it could be a chemical reaction. I have no idea. But uh, if you're using a rag to stain something and you ball it up, that can ignite. I don't know why it can. And luckily, it's never happened to me, but I've worked in uh, cabinet shops and stuff before, and they tell you that. Make sure you lay your rags out flat. Well, I can tell you why. Because in the curing process of a lot of oils and solvents, and somebody correct me if you think I'm wrong, um, uh, the curing process as far as oils and solvents goes, um, actually heat is produced by the chemical that's in there. Um, And if if you wad a cloth up like that, and it starts to cure within it, it actually starts a fire within itself. And it's not like self-combustion. I mean, it's actually generating heat enough to ignite itself um, by doing that. If you're going to use a rag like that, 
or like if you're using mineral spirits, whatever the deal is, don't wad it up and just throw it on the floor. Take it out, make sure it's like, you know, nice and clean. Take your rag, do this with it, lay it over the top of something. Let the solvent vent the way it needs to vent. But when you don't do that and put it into a rag, it, it heats up. And, 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 you know, it's rare that that ever happens, Charles, but it can happen. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I just thought that was a good thing for people to know because not everybody knows that. I've heard that about linseed oil, but boiled linseed oil, but I didn't know about any of the rest of them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It all can. There is a possibility. That's the reason it's best just to not take a chance when you're dealing with stuff. Linseed oil is actually one of the worst because it does break down once you and generate heat inside of a cloth. Uh, usually, places like there that have that either have one or two things. They have either a disposal outside where you're supposed to at night empty all your dirty rags and it'd be like a metal container, uh, and that's normally what they used to do. Or they do have metal containers that are designed to hold rags and stuff like that uh, inside of a shop so you can put them in there. Just like a, if you've ever been into a shop, uh, in an industrial shop, you'll see flammable liquid cabinets where they have to store their flammable liquids inside those cabinets. So basically the same thing when it comes down to uh, storing your dirty rags when you're finished. Yeah, it's, I would say, I would suggest, even when you're talking about hanging them up, I wouldn't even hang them up in my shop. I'd put them outside and hang them up. Just to make sure. I mean, why why take the risk? I mean, all you got to do is walk outside and lay them over something, and come back the next day and use them again. Well, if y'all want to have a fun time, take some quick setting epoxy and resin and mix that two together and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say something, but you're gonna record the show on YouTube, right? It's already recording. We're live. But I won't say anything else. <laughs> There's other stuff you can mix together that. We'll uh, make a nice little flame too, so but I won't go there. Let's, yeah, like let's not get the FBI, FBI involved. Now you got now you got me curious. <laughs> For all those watching, we do not support terrorist acts or acts thereof considered to be terrorism, uh, but we do like good explosions. <laughs> it is fun to mix toilet bowl cleaner and aluminum foil in a Coke bottle. I have no idea what you're talking about, Donald. I do not. <laughs> I don't know anything. I've played the thing. <laughs> I know nothing. I see nothing. We used to have this big barrel at the cabinet shop I worked at, and uh, in there were the remnants of the spray cans from spraying the finishes on the cabinets. And about once a year, we got to burn that stuff up and dispose of it in a very fun manner. And let me tell you, you mix a lot of that stuff together, it's dangerous. Oh, yeah. And the bottom of it turned into almost like napalm. It was scary. But... All right, well... Um, yeah, let's get off the subject. Yeah, so, so the NSA doesn't come in and take us off the air and Homeland Security <laughs> all take us into prison. Uh, we're going to move into the next point. Um, so, as many of you on the panel know, and I'm pretty sure those watching, in January I'm going to be hosting the Pin Turning Challenge. And uh, I just wanted to run some ideas for some prizes by y'all and see what you thought. And if you have any ideas to help me out with that, go right ahead. And um, so, first off, um, a couple of the prizes I'm thinking about doing are some of these work pouches. But... Um, a certain brand makes this work pouch that I use every day, and it's got a clip on the back of it. 
I went to the hobby store and found some leather, and I got the stuff to stitch together. I'm thinking about hand making them. What do you think? Do you think that's an appropriate uh, prize for somebody, or should I look into actually purchasing a manufactured one? I think it's a good idea. Anybody else? Sounds yeah, good. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Sounds good. Who would want a store-bought one? I'd much rather have one that somebody made. <laughs> And that's exactly what I thought too. You know, if I made it personally for the pin turning challenge, you know, you could say, "Hey, I got this, and I'm only one of whatever people that get them actually has this made by him." So, um, also looking into getting—I don't have any with me, but of course the glue box, some glue. Um, do you have any more ideas? I thought about throwing a couple of kits in too. I'd say that's what I was going to say. Um, pin turning. Uh, kits, uh, blank. I want to get up with uh, Zach Higgins. He may throw some stuff in there for you. Yeah. yeah. Tommy, do you know him personally? Was that? Do you know him personally? I've talked to him a few times. But I don't. I've never met him in person. No, but he's a good guy. I mean, uh, uh, Russ, you had him on the show last week, wasn't it? Yeah, he was on the show last week. So I'm, I'm sure if you get a hold of him, that he, he would probably, be interested in it. He makes yeah. his own blanks. Uh, he's actually very nice. So, yeah, I do. Very nice blanks. I, I love his blanks. I, I get all my blanks too. If it's a it's a resin blank, I go through him. So. And you know, I thought about that, and I was actually going to order some from him, but he uses PayPal, and for some reason, my bank and PayPal don't agree with each other. I've tried to work that issue out, but I can't order anything through PayPal with the card that I have. It just will not go through and I've worked with the bank on it so I might have to talk to him about some other method of payment if he doesn't want to donate them. Uh, James, if you didn't know, uh, Google also has something called Google Wallet. It might work. Google? Google Wallet. Wallet is in your wallet in your back pocket. It'd be wallet.google.com. Is, is, uh, or a uh, I use a prepaid credit card for my PayPal stuff. It just that way I can use it, and I ain't got to worry about somebody getting a hold of my bank account stuff. So I was going to say that might be a that's a great idea. That is to uh, do that. I use a credit card, period, not a prepaid, but a credit card to link to my PayPal account just for that reason. But a prepaid one would that'd be that's a great idea. They won't give me a regular credit card anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but that prepaid one, I know I know what stuff I've got to buy online. I can load it with that, and if anybody gets that number, they ain't going to get so much out of it. Right. That's perfect. Everybody say hi, Sam. No, but I, I think, uh, I think uh, uh, hey, James, if you give everybody access to your Google Wallet account, I think that'd be great. That's yeah. a great <laughs> No, that'd be a great gift. Because I can use a new table saw. I'd love you for it. No, um, yeah, even if you got access to my whole bank account, you couldn't afford a new table saw. Well, now, you know, <laughs> and, and you or I in the same boat, so we have nothing to worry about. Alright, well, you're doing a pen turning challenge, so there are going to be people that would probably maybe not actually be turning pens at the moment, but may get inspired to do that um, by watching the challenge. So why not maybe think of some prizes that would equip some folks that don't aren't ready to do that with things like a mandrel. Because um, you need a mandrel to turn a pen, um, and you know if you if you if you hook up with Carl Jacobson, I know he's got a, an in with Easywood tools. Maybe you can get a little set of tools, uh, lathe tools from uh, Easywood, 
to uh, to turn some pens with. That's it. You asked for ideas. I'm throwing them out. No, 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 no. I'm listening to them. They're great ideas, and I would love to get a, an actual toolkit. You know, especially a, a carbide tip tool. You know, set to give out. That'd be awesome. I looked at buying them, and yeah. So unless I get that sponsored or donated. I well, I mean, you know, I, I don't want to put Carl on the spot because I don't know how much of an in he actually has with him. But I mean, when I think of YouTube and I think of Turner's, I think of Carl Jacobson. Uh, oh, definitely. So, uh, get in contact the guy, and if he can't help you, maybe he can lead you to somebody who can. Or maybe even try and contact Rockler because I know they sponsor a lot of giveaways yeah. and stuff. They may yeah. throw in their mini set or something. Let them know what you have to do. Employees of stress-free woodworking are not eligible to win. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I thought about that too. I got enough uh, material to make those tool pouches for. Um, I'll make three of them, and then I'm gonna keep one for myself. So that's not a prize that I kept for myself. It's something I'm making strictly for me because I want one that's made solely out of out of leather instead of this fabric stuff. What were you saying, Ron? Back with the line, what I was trying to say earlier, like pen blanks, pen kits, that kind of stuff, like there, uh, they can use to make their own pens uh, if they're turning, and that's kind of reasonable. Uh, it's not that doesn't break the bank on some of that stuff. Oh, definitely. You know, I thought about that too. I think one of the prizes I'm going to put in is a mandrel saver. Um, also, um, you know, you can turn a pen with just a mandrel, but if you have that mandrel saver. Or I think that's what they're actually called. It's, yeah. a, it's a tapered piece that mandrel has got a bearing on it. So you put all the pressure right there on the bushings instead of the mandrel itself. So I think if you went to some of these companies that, and told them what you were doing and that it was for the soldiers and stuff, just being patriotic and doing the right thing, a few of them would donate something as prizes. So. Well, you know, Donald, um, I was speaking with someone earlier about that and. I like that, but I don't want—I don't want to bring the service member connected into the prizes. I just don't think—I don't want to use our service members and our men and women serving for that purpose, and I don't want to use my service for that purpose either. I understand that. Um, I'm proud to have served. I've loved every minute of it. But if you ever get to know me real well, I don't abuse the fact that I serve. I don't ask for the military discounts. I don't do anything extravagant there just because I, I feel like I've done what I did for my country and not for the freebies or whatever else. So, Well, I mean, with me, it's just I, you did what you did and you put your life on the line, and to me, you've earned it. Uh, to me, that's the way I feel about it. Yeah. No, and he has. And, and you know what, uh, Donald, you're absolutely right. Um, but you know what, he sounds exactly like both my right. older I have two older brothers, uh, James, that are retired. Uh, one is U.S. Uh, Air Force retired, and one is uh, U.S. is the United States Army retired. 20 years, uh, both. One of them actually 23. Um, and they would say the same thing to you. said, don't go, you know, giving me anything special. I did what I did because I wanted to do it, and that's it. I mean... Thank you, but please don't make a big fuss mm -hmm. about me. They don't want to hear it. And I, so, James, I understand that. But you know what? If we want to give it to you, you need to learn how to take it. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you this. I, if you say, hey, thank you for your service, and in return, here's this, I'll greatly appreciate it and accept it. But I'm not going to everybody's doorstep like, hey, 
look, I did this for the country and blah, blah, blah. And you need to give me right. this. Well, you're not that. looking for a handout, but you're not looking for a handout, which is respectful. And it's like, you know, but if somebody wants to say thank you, then. Hello. Sorry, that was Donald. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I definitely that's in the that's in the works too. Is, is getting some contact information and um, getting in touch with some of these companies to help sponsor the pin challenge. And you know, if we can get some great gifts like the the mini toolkit from Rockler, that would be awesome. I mean, who doesn't want that? And, you know, if we can get some blanks from Zach, who wouldn't want that? Those pin blanks are absolutely amazing. If you've never seen them, I'm ready to go over. Uh, Zach Higgins at Envy Workshop. Envy Woodworks. What what is it? Uh, mind fart. Help me out, guys. Who Zach's? Yeah. Envy Woodworks. Yeah, Envy Woodworks. Envy Woodworks. That's what I thought. Go over to the to him. Search for him and see his blanks. He's got a website too. And uh, if that's what you want to use to turn your pen, that's a great choice because you can ask uh, Tommy. Tommy's turned them before and he loves them. And I've seen them, and they're beautiful. He's, he's got a mixed way. He's got a good a good way of doing it. And uh, Russ had him on the show last week. So if you want to see it up close and personal, watch the Russ shows from last week. And uh, there you go. You'll figure out a little bit more about Zach. Hey James, you want to recap uh, the different categories just so people don't get deterred if somebody new is watching? Yeah. So after the last time we talked, there's going to be four categories, right? All right, so this might change again. So if you get new information, um, you know, hey guys, uh, Donald's having to step out. Um, he, he's having some personal matters he got to take care of, so uh, he wanted to say goodbye. But um, there's going to be four categories. The first one's going to be the best overall turned pin. The second is going to be the best video on turning the pin as far as effects or editing and, and so forth and so forth. Uh, the third is going to be, what did I say? Y'all got me on the spot on this, by the way. I should have wrote this down. Oh, Thank you, Ted. Most, most creative method. Yeah, the most creative, most creative way of turning for um, lathe users and then there's a, another category on that one too. Most creative way for turning a pin for non-lathe users. So if you use a lathe and you got a new creative way of turning a pin, that's a category. If you got a, if you don't have a lathe and you're having to create a way to turn a pin besides using a lathe, that's another category too. So um, that's four categories there. And you know what? If I get some more prizes and stuff like that from the sponsors when I talk to them, if, if I get some on board with that. I might add in a couple more categories, or you never know. So just keep up with it. The challenge is going to start the third week in January. Um, I have to go to Alabama. The I don't have to. I want to go to Alabama the first part of January. That's when I'm going to pick up my lathe. So that's when it's going to actually get really started in the works. So speaking of lathes, Russ, have you been working on yours any? Uh, no, I'm trying to finish up a project that uh. For my daughter for her birthday. It's not a Christmas gift. It's actually a birth. She's uh she was the first baby of the year in 1979 around in this area. Oh nice. Yeah, January 1st. So I'm building her a birthday gift. Hopefully she don't watch this. I know she can't let knows it's coming, but um, and so I'm trying to get that finished right now. So 
Well, I know that you talked about that on one of your shows where you had the you got the new kit. Yep, they're right here and they're sitting in the same place they were during that show. <laughs> Up on my workbench. <laughs> now is that the Rockler set? Yes. Yeah, these are regular like $199 at Rockler and uh, I got them for $89 on the Black Friday sale. You can't beat that. No, I'm I'm tickled because this is a uh, easy wood tool um, right here and this one tool costs more or uh, or as much or more than this whole set right here. So What is that little thing between the first two? Which the, on the kit? It's, what, it's, what, uh, what? it's an Allen wrench to change out the bits. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, these bits have little uh, Allen screw heads. Oh, okay. So you can... Uh, like on the uh, square one, for instance, you can uh, take it and rotate so you'll have four sides at you. The round one, you just keep turning it, and then naturally the tip one only has two. Same thing on this one as a round one. But um, yeah, I'm very. I, I'm wanting to get started. I need somebody to do, uh, that's uh, kind of an experience has some experience on uh, turning pins to give me some advice. I've uh, we won't talk about it now, but I've got a set. A mandrel and a mandrel saver from Penn State. They got it on sale right now for $27.99. I'm thinking about getting it, but I want somebody to say, yeah, that's what you need. It'll work. So James had to step out for a little bit, so we got to kind of wing it for a second. Yeah. It's kind of what I was planning on turning different types of pins. Probably the mandrel you want to get is the one with a collet on it where you can adjust the, the length of the mandrel. Uh, so just keep that in mind if you're ordering it. See, that's what—that's the reason I want to talk to somebody that knows what the heck they're talking about. Because I don't know what I'm talking about. You know, I, I don't even know anything about lathe or lathe turning. But uh, the one from Penn State looks really nice because it comes with a mandrel saver. So I was like, and it'll fit. I my lathe uses a one MT um, shaft, I guess is what you would call it. So. Yeah. Hey, tell me, do, do you mind if I ask? Because I mean, I'm not a turner either, Russ. I mean, I I, I have turned, but I've never turned a pen in my freaking life. But well, I turn all the time. You put your left foot in. You put. Yeah, your... yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, my, I turn on every time my wife kicks my butt out the door. Um, <laughs> uh, but isn't there a tool uh, or something that you use to square up the ends of your blank to the actual uh, plug that you put in there for the pen? I mean, I don't know what to call that. The like there's, something that, there's something that flushes up your blank to the uh, end of the pen, and it, that would be a, actually a good price too to get. Yeah, back. it's a, it's a barrel trimmer. A barrel trimmer. There you go. Are they expensive? No, they're, they're not. Really expensive. They're like five bucks, or five or ten bucks, I think. Tommy, there you go. I mean, I mean, James, there you go. I got a um, I got a set of four for like. Oh yeah, the sets. The sets are like thirty bucks. I got this one for like 18 bucks on Amazon, I oh, think. I don't know. i got to look at it again. I might be mistaken, so if you get on Amazon and can't find it, it might have been 25 I don't know. But I want to say it was 18 bucks. One of them things I bought was. so. Well, somebody with some experience in lathe turning needs to help me. Or pin turning, I should say. I need some advice. <laughs> now, if you want to talk about a scroll saw, I can tell you everything you need to know. But when it comes to turning a pin, I don't know a damn thing. Well, there's a prize right there, James. Uh, give somebody an hour-long session with somebody who has to turn a pen in case you don't know how to do it. <laughs> you get an hour with Tommy G. Tommy G's going to volunteer himself. Oh, sorry, Tommy. I've been turning like, what, a month? 
You know, and, and, and Russ, I know you're asking for help, but that's something that um, I think would be a neat experience is just experimenting with it and trying it and figuring it out because um, I haven't turned a pin, I'll be honest with you, but I looked well, at it. I'm not talking about the actual turning part. I, I want to know some advice on what I should buy. I mean, I've got, uh, got a good set of uh, turning tools here, so I know I'm, I'm okay with that. Now I need to figure out what kind of uh, mandrel I need. Uh, like I was just talking a few minutes ago, and Tommy said, "Well, uh, they've got a mandrel and a mandrel saver kit for twenty-seven ninety-nine on Penn State." And Tommy said, uh, "You want to get the mandrel that has the?" Um, you tell them what you said, Tommy. I don't remember. I just think if you want to turn different styles of pins, you need uh, it'd probably benefit you to get a mandrel that has a collet where you can adjust the length of your mandrel. But I'm not sure with the, see, I don't have a mandrel saver. I don't know if you can actually, if that actually goes all the way through to where you can, I don't know if. Uh, well, Tommy, on the mandrel saver, it goes in your tailstock, and then, you know, you'll set your pins up, use the bushings, and then you'll take your tailstock and push it all the way up. And on the pin, or the, excuse me, the mandrel saver, there's a bearing. So even if you have it pushed all the way up, it's going to spin freely. It's going to have pressure on there, you know, so it's not going to go anywhere. So if you you take that that brass collet on the back of it off, where you know you put the pressure on normally, and then you'll just put this mandrel saver right up against your your bushings and tighten it down that way. So I could see where you would have more flexibility with a mandrel saver, you know. Now, does the mandrel saver does that have a hole all the way through it where the rod for the mandrel can go through? Yes, it does. Um, you know, I took mine over to the shop or else I would I'd bring it up right now. But, you know, it, it's tapered, it has the bearing, and it has the, the actual point where the mandrel goes through. And then, like I said, it goes in your tailstock. The rod goes through, the, you know, the actual mandrel goes through, and then you'll put your tailstock all the way up until that thing bottoms out, apply the pressure, and start turning. Okay. Well, then I'm going to order that as soon as I get off the show. I definitely would, you know, and... Um, I'm real excited about using it. I looked into just getting the mandrel, and I was like, you know, I'm ordering all these kits, and I'm about to get into this thing hot and heavy, and who knows, this might be all I, I am. Instead of it being stress-free woodwork, stress-free pin works. I don't know. But still, you know, I want to make sure that I have every opportunity available to turn whatever pin I want. I don't want to just be stuck with Well, since we're on the subject, let me ask another question. Okay. Uh, <laughs> is it How is it, is it better to buy a, like, a drill truck for your lathe and drill the pin blanks that way, or would you suggest uh, turning or drilling the hole with a drill press? I mean, which way is better? Yeah, I would say that on a lathe is better. She'll have the accuracy. If you're going to do it on your drill press, you're going to have to get uh, some sort of vice to where you're holding it square. Uh, it's very difficult to try and get it square any other way. So, cool. Well, I mean, they've got a lot of. Well, it's Penn State has a lot of stuff right now on sale for Christmas, and that's why I was thinking. I'm like, well, if I'm going to have to pay the shipping, uh, then I might as well order a bunch at one time rather than ordering one piece at a time, and you know, what I'm saying, and save on shipping. <clears throat> Well, you can, you, you can do it on a drill press, and, you know, we talked about them earlier. Braxton Wirkland put out a video on exactly how you can do that. Um, it, the, the problem with trying to drill a hole through the, a, 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 a pen blank 
is that is it's holding that pin blank so it's not going to spin on you when you pull the drill press down into it. Um, and he showed uh, one of his videos, and I don't remember what it, he titled it. I apologize, Paxton, if you're watching, but he showed how you can actually just build a simple little jig out of a two by four that will hold that thing in there, and you can use a drill press to get a nice even cut all the way down. And that's how he does it. Yeah, I've, I've been. I started watching. Guess what? Guess what? YouTube videos on people and different things like that, and uh, so I'm starting to learn already about it. I just was was wondering if you know, if I'm like I said, I'm thinking if I'm gonna have to pay for shipping, uh, they have a basic charge of eight ninety five right now for shipping. So if I order more than one thing, I'll actually benefit from ordering it all at one time, as far as having to pay the shipping. So, just something I was thinking about. I use Amazon Prime, and majority of the stuff I buy off Amazon has free shipping. I feel bad for them because I'll forget something and it'll be like four bucks and then I'll order it separate so they have to ship that too and oh, whatever. Amazon's got I, enough. I have Amazon Prime too but everything that I've looked at that I want that is on sale at Penn State is not available on Amazon Prime so I can get a better deal of ordering it straight from them. Definitely. Alright, well I don't mean to cut the topic short. That's a great topic, pin turning especially the uh, last episode of the year before the challenge goes, but I have one more small topic to speak about, and that is I would like to wish everyone a Merry Christmas to you and your families and hope that you have behaved this year so that you get all the presents that you have asked for. You might be on my naughty list. I hope I'm not. <laughs> But if y'all want to go through and, and wish everybody watching a happy or a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, go right ahead since this is going to be the last show. And you just go one at a time. Why don't you call people out that way that uh, we don't all start talking at once? You know, that's a great idea. Russ, go ahead and start us off. Sure. <laughs> uh, to everybody here and to everybody watching and all my friends and family, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. All right, Tommy G, you go next. Yeah, just pretty much Merry Christmas to everybody, followers, anybody watching the show, everybody out there. Just wish everybody a Merry Christmas and a happy and safe New Year. And um, just to throw this out there, my first time my son saw Russ, he swore he was Santa Claus, and he still believes it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> never been told that. <laughs> yeah, his son was on one night, and it was pretty funny. He came walking in, he looked up and seen me on the Tommy's computer. He was like, <laughs> he had to talk to me, man. To talk to me. We talked for a while. He's, he's a nice kid, really nice kid. I, I don't mean to change the subject, but that's a good idea. Maybe you should dress up and do a Google Hangout where anybody can bring their kid on. <laughs> I never thought about that. That's pretty good cool. I will tell you that for those who have watched my Facebook page, uh, I have a, I have purchased a Santa suit. <laughs> Minus the beard. I, I'd like to wish everybody, whether, um, whatever religion you follow uh, or whatever holidays you celebrate, whether it be Hanukkah, Christmas, Kwanzaa, uh, what I'd like to promote is that everybody, 
I hope everybody has that warmth and happiness that they feel during the holidays all year round. But but on a traditional sense, Merry Christmas. And I'd like to say that it's really hard to follow up when you start off with freaking Santa Claus, James. Um, <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to top Russ Clarity, uh, but I I, 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 you should have saved him for last. Just like the Macy's Day Parade. Come on, James, we got to talk. Um, <laughs> but um, I want to say um, this Christmas, please keep everybody in your heart uh, that is not able to be with their families, especially our military overseas and our military serving in active duty that are not able to be home and where they would really rather be. Um, they're doing us a favor, and I don't think they should be forgotten. So Merry Christmas to them. I second that. Thank you, Chris. Uh, Moy, do you want to go? Yeah, I just want to say it's been a great year. 2015 has been awesome on YouTube and uh, just woodworking, family, everything's been great this year. So uh, I just want to say Merry Christmas to everybody and Happy Holidays. Stay safe. And I think I'm pretty good with Christmas this year because I got Russ right over there. He's going to put in a good word for me. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Dave, you want to go ahead and give it? Yeah, I want to second what Moy said. It's uh, I've been very blessed this year. It's been a good year. Uh on YouTube and otherwise. So, uh, Merry Christmas to everybody, my fellow uh, woodworking guys here, uh, all the subscribers, and even a few trolls. What is a troll? No, that's next week. Oh, wait, we're trolls. not next week. <laughs> trolls are not getting presents. I can guarantee that. It's it's a green elf. So, so all the troll, all the trolls can tune in next week. <laughs> all the trolls tune in next week. We got a special series for you. Sign <laughs> right. language included. <laughs> Sorry. Right, well, I appreciate everybody watching, commenting in the comment section. Um, I know I've truly enjoyed doing these shows and be able to interact with everyone. And um, like many others have said, this year has been an amazing year. Y'all have truly been awesome. To all my subscribers, again, thank you. To all those who find the channel, thank you. If you subscribe, thank you. Look up all these guys that are on the panel. They're great people, great men, and great woodworkers. And to all of you, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Spend time with your families and love one another, and we'll see you next time. God bless us, everyone. Ho, 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 Merry